RadioInfluence.com. Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Sogo 3. That's me, Sogo 3, son of Greg Opelka, number 3, Mike Opelka, and... Beans, may the fourth be with you. Oh, dear God. I know, I love this date and that stupid joke, may the fourth be with you, always. I um, am not a bit, I was a Star Trek uh, girl, so, sorry, Star Wars. My husband's a huge Star Wars guy. But I'm a Star Wars girl. I mean, a Star Trek girl. So, uh, original only for me on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Well, Not, the next generation was good. Uh, I, I'm I'm all back to the cheesiness of the original. Captain Come on, John it was Luke cheesy. Picard. I, I I'm not a Picard guy, and I I was part of the crew that put together uh, the uh, the two captains conversation. Where uh, Shatner and uh, what's his name talked together on a phone conference, and fifty thousand people paid to listen in. Wow! Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's back in the remember phone cards. Yes, I do. Yeah, we were part of that. We had a we had a hand in this crazy event that put together William Shatner and well, I forget Patrick Stewart, and they were in different places and they talked. Uh, for an hour, and then 10,000 people had dialed in, and then they waited for another hour, and another 10,000 dialed in, and it was a money-making deal. It was quite successful. Well, good. But, uh, yeah, I, not for me. I, I was just kind of an interloper. But I got a nice letter from Shatner because we we put a whole bunch of wine in his room. Oh, And he likes he liked his wine at the I time. I loved William Shatner on Boston Legal. Oh, are you kidding me? Denny Crane was I, the best. Yep, and I loved um what's his name? Uh I'll never gosh. forget what's his name. The guy who plays uh the guy who plays um Redding, Raymond Reddington. Um I wish I knew what Raymond Reddington was. From Blacklist. Hold on. I'm going to find his name. I can't Spader? remember. Yes. Yes, I oh. love him. Love him. Well, Shatner as Denny Crane walking around with a Botox needle in his forehead for an entire episode still ranks as one of the greatest stunts ever written into TV. He's great. Anyway, moving along. But uh, yeah, but happy uh, May the 4th be with you. It uh, originally came up in British Parliament. They were the first ones to kind of bring that to uh, the global attention and make it a viral thing. So, well, we don't need any more from the Brits. Okay. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm not a monarchy guy, but I do have um, I do have to um, deal with something that we we brought up on uh, on Monday. Yeah. And that is the uh, another think coming mm-hmm. th- uh, controversy, or or as my Australian friends would say, controversy. Can you can you see the excitement that I have about this topic? Can you can you feel it? Is it palpable? It is palpable. And um, I went to the smartest person I know in terms of the American English language. That's my brother, Gregory, who is brilliant, just really brilliant. He writes stuff for The Wall Street Journal all the time. He's a composer, et cetera, et cetera. So I reached out to him about this question. 
and he will not put family over over grammar in any way, shape, or form. So he wrote, it was originally thing, and people eventually started using it with think if you prefaced by, if you think X, then you've got another think coming as a cute play on the original. And I went, okay, so technically both are correct. He said, I think I could see that, but I would personally use thing if I were to use the expression. So you are correct. Oh my God. Here you thought I was going to dress you down. But no, my brother, who is, like I said, the smartest guy out there. The tears. (laughs) Three dozen roses. (laughs) No, I'm not sending you roses. That's not happening. Okay. But anyway, (laughs) because he did say, you know, technically you could use it. He said your meaning mine is slightly different. It's a, it's an intentional bastardization, whereas, uh, uh, never mind. Anyway, uh, you are the victor. Brother and- Opelka, I thank you. And and Mike Opelka, I thank you for being humble enough and, and brave enough to admit when you're wrong. Yeah, but I'm only partially wrong here. This is I true, still, but still. I still have wiggle room, you know. Before... I will be the grammar Nazi, though. I won't be able to completely suppress my instinct here. Like when someone says um, it's a whole other thing. Oh, I hate that. Uh, uh, I'll say, wait, uh, or they'll say a whole nother thing. That's and what I'll they say. What, 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 what does that mean? And they go, what? It's a whole nother thing. I said, well, okay, look up nother. Define nother. I and, hate when uh, people say library instead of library. Oh, we do that on purpose now terrible the librarians terrible absolutely terrible there's a lot i've got i'm pretty good pretty good but i've never known i was gonna say before the show which you told me to hold that i have never known it as any other way and i would not change it should i be wrong (laughs) well just because you you've only known it as one way um that doesn't mean that's the correct thing i go back to the the um the leak at the Supreme Court level, too, because there are people who are now saying, I've only known that I had the ability to have an abortion, and now it's taken away from me. No, it's not. Yeah, people have no idea what they're talking about. We're going to get into that in depth from several different angles. Good, but we also have to talk about Dave Chappelle. Yeah. That, that's a huge thing. Yeah, yes. And then, and then we have to talk about some stuff in the Sussman case. We have to talk about, we, there's a bunch of things. So um, I, gutturally, the whole nother thing, I mean, uh, <laughs> ah. you've got another thing coming is the only thing that makes sense to me intu- intuitively. So I, I wouldn't be able to bring myself to say think. Anyway, that's enough of that. Let's put a button on that. Yes. <laughs> Let's hit Supreme Court first, Mike. Okay. So you've been in this business of of news longer than me. Mm -hmm. Have you ever experienced something like what happened yesterday before? Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I mean, in terms of the leak or the meltdowns, the subsequent. Well, not the meltdowns. We all know what those are, and we'll talk about that too. But I mean, the leak itself. Was there, uh, yes, the leak. 
Well, the, I've never seen anything like this. I guess you could go to the original coverage of the Watergate break-in and then the subsequent attempts to cover up the break-in. You might even go to the story of the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton affair and the subsequent efforts to cover that up before it eventually all came out in the wash or the dry cleaning of the dress, <laughs> uh, whatever. But I don't think I've ever seen anything as big as this, nor do I think I've seen anything as coordinated because I think this whole thing was planned months ago. Ab-so-freaking-lutely. Well, at least three. So here's the deal. I looked at it from a strategic perspective because when I was doing my analysis of it, we didn't know yet whether or not the leak was actually real. Sometimes you say the, the leaks are real, the news is fake. Yeah, So. Sure. I wasn't sure, but my 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 biggest question was obviously they had all the the protests, everybody was ready, the signs were pre-printed, the the speeches were ready, everything was ready. Why now? Instead of waiting till the summer? Yes. When it, when the decision was released to do it just before the anticipated release? Yes. Um well, there are a couple reasons, and you can you can start uh, with they needed a distraction from the horrific inflation numbers, the border situation, everything else that's vexing the Democrats ahead of the midterms. You could start there. So I say, agree. But there also was a scheduled event that dovetails nicely into it yesterday with Kamala Harris yes. and Emily's list. Mm -hmm. And so that adds more fuel to the fire as to why this time. Now, it, go ahead. Would you argue that this is going to absolutely peter out pretty rapidly and 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 the violence that's accompanying it is is serving to do the opposite of what they think that they need? Well, it depends. Um, in terms of petering out, they do have a timeline on this as to when they're going to vote on a bill that apparently was written three months ago as well to codify uh, the right to an abortion into law. So I, th I think that bill is there. And now Schumer is promising uh, next week. I think he said there will be a vote. So they do have that. So I don't know about petering out. There are also, well, they have campaign commercials to make. Yeah, uh, that but will, you know, attack different members of Congress for their stance on the bill. Here's the problem. Drudge Report is even saying, everybody calm down. This is not going to take away your right to kill your own child. It's well, and that's true. It is true. So everybody's like doing what they did with the don't say gay bill, which had no nothing to do with whether or not you could say gay and everything to do with not teaching children about sex and perverted sex, in my opinion. Um, it had to do with this is just merely what it will do if it even goes through. And this is another part of the analysis I was giving. If this even, this was a draft. It hasn't been decided yet. This isn't a final decision. So like, were they leaking this out to weigh the public outcry to determine whether or not they should decide it one way or another? Was it a whole court conspiracy? Was it just a clerk 
who went rogue to Politico. Why the hell did Politico publish this? There's some responsibility that needs to be, you know, taken by the journalist who put this out there this way. Um, And then, you know, is this actually, if this actually comes to pass and they do overturn Roe v. Wade, all it means is that now it's a state issue. So go right. to California where they let you kill your baby through nine months je- after birth and then you're fine. But see, that doesn't meet the agenda of the left. There there are a couple of interesting things here. Um, and I'd like to get your opinion on because you've obviously looked at this from 25,000 feet. Uh, the um, the knuckleheads over at Morning Joe are saying that, or Joe Scarborough saying that this looks like a a conservative justice would have leaked this. Why? Second day in a row, he's saying because of kind of what you're saying, uh, they would they would get kind of uh, a temperature of the response to it. And then there are those who believe, as I do, that this came from a law clerk probably associated with Sotomayor because of the previous email relationship with the reporter who printed this. Yes. See, now I will not jump on that theory. It's a very easy scapegoat with zero proof whatsoever, other than a gentle relationship. If there is a relationship and, and then there, I understand what you're saying. A, a sort of a, a long distance, an arm's length relationship, but not a long series of email or text messages. But isn't that enough? You only have to have one interaction no, because conspirator. No, because by that logic, anybody I've ever emailed even once thereby becomes an extension of something that that person does down the road or may do or may like there's automatic guilt by association. That doesn't make any sense to me. OK, fair point. Fair point. Um, OK, so you have those two. But I still believe that that the conservative justice leaking it makes less sense than a liberal justice. And I don't believe the entire court would do this because I think uh, Clarence Thomas would say, are you out of your damn mind? Yeah. Yeah, he's, there should be some standards. And, you know, I think I don't think there's any statute that's been violated or any law that's been broken or anything like that. It was just a, a cultural norm that the Supreme Court decisions and draft opinions that float amongst justices were just sank to be kept sanct- sacrosanct, sacrosanct, I should sacrosanct, say. Sacrosanct, yes. Kept sacrosanct and not abused in this way. And, you know, part of me is like, the American populace is so far past, like when the George Floyd riots happened, you know, I think that the the populace as a as a whole is is far past the wool being pulled over their eyes on things like this now and are more centrist than they were then. Like a lot of them just didn't realize how bad that stuff actually was. And now that they've been nudged back over to reality or stayed in the same place and realized who's left them, they're like, hold on a second. Violent insurrection on January 6th with with millions of people in the Capitol and nobody, you know what I'm saying? And then... California police officers being assaulted, riots in the streets, um, you know, protesters immediately at the SCOTUS holding up kill my baby signs. Something's just not right here. I don't think it's going to have the desired effect, the violence that's happening. And why do they always have to be violent? 
Well, they they like the violence. That's their way of getting their uh, their point across, as opposed to thinking people who are willing to have a discussion. The the worst thing to me is like how you could be a human with a soul and actually be arguing this so vociferously and using the argument, my body, my choice, when you've just tried to cram vaccines into everybody in the country without their consent. But see, they were okay with that. I know. And and they just want to cram what they want down your throat. They're supporters of the court when the court makes a decision that they like and it's 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 an institution that can never be messed with. And then when it makes a decision they don't like, they're authoritarian tyrants that, you know, finally pull off their masks for all to see and everything has to change. Well, this goes, comes down to what we've often said, that these people are all for free speech unless it, it contradicts with what they believe. Then you're a fascist for thinking what you think. Yeah. And they automatically go from zero to nuclear in a second. And we witnessed that yesterday with uh, America's mother-in-law, as my friend Rich calls her, uh, with uh, Elizabeth Warren losing her mud out on the streets of Washington, D.C., out, outside the Supreme Court. And I want you to check something out. She should be Next. called up for insurrection. Well, she should just... Well, I, I, I did check this. The um, congressional health care does include mental health counseling. Mm. So she needs to take advantage of that. But when Elizabeth Warren is getting ready to get all crazy and kooky and, and stomp around like that, she puts on this... Um, this magenta coat jacket. She had the same one on when she came down into the lobby of the Senate office building during the Kavanaugh confirmation and was, was giving what for to the press Uh, exact same one. So every time she's going to get all huffy about something, that's like her power coat. You know, that's probably her Cape that she puts on. And uh, she she always runs when somebody asks a question, because if you watch that video of her stomping around, she starts getting questions about uh, the uh, the child inside the mother. And then they have to get her out of there. Same thing happened when she was being interviewed about Kavanaugh. And I was there asking her if she would take a DNA test if I would pay for it. She sprinted away. She ducked down like the Nosferatu, holding his cape over over himself, and sprinted away back to a, the elevators up to her sanct her uh, sanctuary in her office. Yeah. There was a post. Um, one of my this is a teenager who's posting this, but he happens to be gay, and he posted this on Instagram. He's in my uh, daughter's grade. And he said something to the effect of, hold on, I'm going to find it. Oh, it's just a picture of a pin that says, keep abortion safe, legal, and accessible for all. So here's a teenager, a gay man, talking about how abortion should be safe, legal, and accessible for all. For all. Because now we know men can obviously have abortions too. You know what, Mike? Hold on. I'm going to need a second. Hold on a second. And there's pin. And his pen, the gay kid in his pen. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, why does he get to say anything from the per- that perspective? When first of all, he technically will never get a woman pregnant. Secondly, isn't a woman, and thirdly, is below legal age 
Why does he believe this? What is it about this that he thinks he can opine on? I'm fine with him opining, but I don't understand where he gets the authority. Um, well, remember, the left wants 15-year-olds to vote, and so this kid's probably just getting ready to vote. For abortion. Well, just for everything. The children have been told that they can make decisions in their life that normally should not be made until they reach their majority. We've talked about them figuring out their gender, etc. I have a story I'll tell you later about a bunch of furries in a school that are harassing sixth graders. And it's allowed because we've allowed the madness to happen. Yeah. So this kid thinks, and at 13, I thought I had all of the uh, rights to uh, either tune out my parents or start making decisions on my own when I really wasn't cooked yet. It, it's it just bothers me because if there are so many people out there that survived this procedure and are alive today to talk about what they're doing to contribute to society and like abortion as a whole is a very hot button topic obviously I just don't tolerate it I don't think that it's okay I just don't um you know there are certain circumstances blah 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 but at the end of the day when you sit with it that's a human life that will become a human Everybody makes their own decisions. I'm sure there are people out there in the audience who have done this, but I doubt very highly that anyone who has doesn't regret it. And I just, I feel like the leak of this whole thing, Mike, was very strategic in nature, but a card pulled too quickly by the left. I hope so. And yesterday, um, MSNBC's Steve Karnacki, he's their their guy with the rolled up sleeves and the uh, all the poles on the board, you know, his electronic uh, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I think he probably got a good talking to yesterday after he talked about their abortion poll. Yeah. One. And uh, let me give you 30 seconds of it because he talked about in general, abortion is 53 percent, 56 percent of the people want it to be legal. 43% say no, but then he gets into the trimesters and it starts showing the real American opinion. Move ahead, though, to the second trimester, and that's where public opinion shifts. Now you've only got 34% who say that abortion in that time frame should be legal in most or all cases. You've got two thirds basically saying it should be illegal in most or all cases. And then you move to the third trimester and you see an even more dramatic movement there. Less than 20 percent believe abortion in the third trimester should be legal in most or all cases. Eight. So he, he's got 80 percent in the third trimester saying no, it should be illegal. Sixty five percent in the second trimester saying no, it, it, it should be illegal. But because of 50 years of Roe, that first trimester has a 61 percent approval rating. And you know Kornacki's going to get a talking to because the progressive wing thinks that this should be allowed until birth. And, and after. Even the, well, yeah, go back to the guy who got thrown out of the gubernatorial office, the governor's office in Virginia, because he thought it was okay to let the baby be born, let it be comfortable on the, on the table next to the mother, and then have a conversation about whether or not you want this child to be alive. God. Just so, think about that. It's, yeah, they they don't. That's the problem. They also and, have this thing where they don't let the mother see the sonogram before the process. 
Yeah, and that that story about uh, showing the beating heart, because for years and years and years, the phrase clump of cells Mm -hmm. was foisted upon the American population by the far radical left, saying that, oh, it's a clump of cells, it's a clump of cells, it's a clump of cells. And yet these are the same people who are saying, I won't eat anything with a face or a heart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't eat eggs because, you know, that should have been a chicken. Oh, yeah. Uh, isn't it just kind of a clump of cells in there? But no, that's the 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 obvious hypocrisy is starting to pop up now, and and I think the anger is also going to hurt them. Like you said, they they pulled this card early, but I also think they pulled it so angrily, or angrily that it's going to affect them. I think that they have a lot they need to distract from right now. They want to distract from the Hunter Biden story. They want to distract from Ukraine. They want to distract from the voter information that's coming out right now. The premiere of of 2000 Mules was yesterday. They want to distract from the Durham trial where there was another development. They want to and and let's let's quickly do the election integrity stuff because it dovetails into something I think is highly contradictory and I don't know if you've seen the stories, but there have been a couple stories over the past couple of days about the CDC and other government agencies that are buying up the cell phone geolocation data. Oh, yeah, because the CDC needs to spy on us, too. Well, the CDC bought it to see where we were going, what we were doing, and for other un, un, you know, unreleased reasons. Like, And they wanted it expedited, so they wanted all this information very, very quickly, which they were granted from this data company that gathers it all. And they used that to track people's movements during the pandemic. Were they going to the nursing home? Were they going to houses of worship? Where were they traveling? Who were they seeing? What were what was their daily routine like? How many people were listening to lockdown orders, et cetera? And then there was another one about like the DHS using it. And then the New York Times used it. And in all these pieces, the left-leaning outlets are making it seem like this is an abhorrent sort of intrusion into our privacy. That's absolutely fantastic. Well, at the same time, that's what True the Vote spent $2 million on to track the mules. And there's an AP column that was picked up by, well, it was a U.S. News and World Report column picked up by the AP, where they go through and say, well, this data is really not that exact. And they can't really tell if this person dropped things into the ballot box or not, except they can because they've also got video from the drop boxes. Yeah, that that little uh, detail there kind of escapes their brains. So they wrote a hit piece about True the Vote's data, the same data that all these other outlets have been writing about over the past week, that they're holding up as horror, like, you know, basically like intrusions into Americans' privacy, trying to discredit. Now, I don't know. Are they trying to say this shouldn't be allowed because they don't want us to be able to pick up on their mules? Or are they just really starting to realize like, oh, crap, we have no freedom or privacy whatsoever. And, you know, they know everything we're doing at all times because most people don't realize that your phone is pinging constantly. You allow it in apps all the time as a default. Could you accept our terms? And that's in the terms. Yeah. Well, uh, I think this is that moment in the horror film where the person realizes the calls coming from within the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, they, when the left realizes that, holy crap, all the stuff we used on all those other people is being used on us. One can think, but I still, I still, I'm with that theory to some degree, but I still think that they're, 
like they don't care. The ends justify the means unless they're starting to pivot because of the change they know will come in November. Well, and hence that triggers the nuclear bomb of this leak and the attempt to divide us further with the most inflammatory issue of all. And that's the argument about human life. Yes. And that's true. Like I said that in my post, I'm glad you said that. I said we're getting to we, we are getting to agree on too much. The people hmm. we're, we're agreeing on on a lot of things like there's very little we're disagreeing with. Nobody likes the high gas prices. Nobody likes the fact that Joe Biden is sending triple the money overseas that he, he spends here on us. Nobody likes the corruption. Most people, the majority of the people in this country think the election was stolen. We're agreeing on too much. They need to divide us again, Mike. Yeah. And that's what this is, because if we're divided, we're not focused on the reality around us. We're focused on the fight. And the fight is now something they apparently have lost. Even even the Hunter Biden story, which is really now just Ted Cruz took apart uh, Pete Buttigieg yesterday in a hearing when he asked him, you know, if he thought the Hunter Biden laptop was real. So I don't know enough about that. Um. Okay. Okay, Ted. <laughs> which I frankly I appreciate him asking that because yesterday. I don't know if you saw the story about the guy who repaired Hunter Biden's laptops. Yes. The America Project is funding his lawsuit. Good, because he's suing everybody. I have he's, to read it. I need the complaint. Uh, I, I hope you. Well, we'll talk about it again soon. But he's he's suing um, Adam Schiff for brains and he's suing CNN and uh, everybody. The yeah. Daily Beast. It's great. It's it, fabulous. It is. Before we get too far off of the True the Vote stuff, Wendy has been talking with Catherine consistently and has some stuff that most people don't have. There's some exclusives in the columns that she's been writing. I will link all of the True the Vote columns that Wendy has written in the show notes below. Definitely pay close attention to them. One of them has a timeline in it uh, that nobody has created. She put a timeline together. And then um, also True the Vote's website have these articles on them as well. Um but just make sure you guys pay attention to that because th that story is far from over with just the movie. Very good. Yeah. And the movie is in very limited release. It'll be available, I believe, streaming very soon. Will it not? Yes. And he's doing it rumble and locals only. So that's great. Good, 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 good. Yep. Um, moving on from there, Durham. Let's do Durham. All right. So... We talked about this a couple weeks ago when it happened, that the FEC had ruled that Hillary for America had lied about the, the purposes of campaign expenditures. Yeah. So they were found guilty of that and they didn't contest it and they had to pay or have to pay fines because of it. So this commission inside the FEC did an investigation and got all of the records that they needed from Fusion GPS and, and Perkins Coy and Hillary for America, and were able to see that although they said that these funds were spent on legal services, the invoices, et cetera, proved that it was actually spent on the opposition research that Fusion GPS did, and there were no legal services that were paid for by the money that they earmarked that way. Hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I am. I am shocked, shocked to find out there's gambling in Casablanca. So it kind of makes it all the more interesting that all of these parties are are on the Sussman case swearing and affirming that all of this stuff was done for legal work 
when Hillary for America has basically admitted by accepting guilt in this other thing that that's not true. So Durham filed on the docket yesterday those excerpts and those decisions to prove to the court, hey, look, it's not just me saying this. These people proved it out. So where does this go? Uh, do, you, do you have a face-off then between the Hillary side and the other side? No, I think the judge is going to rule in favor of the in-camera review of supposedly privileged materials due to the fact that even the FEC has proven there's no privilege there. I hope so. And the judge unsealed or made a motion or a, uh, an order to unseal anyway yesterday. We still haven't gotten it yet. The motion to compel. So there was a sealed motion to compel testimony from a Fusion GPS attorney. I mean, I'm sorry, employee. Mm -hmm. The one they call Tech Maven. She is going to be testifying on behalf of Durham. But now we learned that there was a motion to compel her testimony that the judge granted, along with other documents that accompanied that motion. And the judge ruled yesterday that that should now be unsealed, which so means it's going to be public. Yes, sir. Giddy up. Giddy up. And so when you're looking like on court listener or wherever you're looking at the docket, if you're like me and there's like there's numbers, everything's numbered one through whatever. Sometimes you'll see it'll skip from like 70 to 74 or like 58 to 60 and 59 is missing. And you don't know why. It's because it's a sealed filing. All right. So it exists on the back end, but not on the front end. It's not a typo is what you're saying. Correct. It's like it's like seeing the page with all the black lines through it with the redactions. Yeah. In a hearing. I hate those. Me too. Me too. As a matter of fact, there was an argument about redactions in the hearing that went on the other day with Sussman because Sussman was saying, well, if they're going to show all of these emails and stuff with it, with these redactions, the jury is naturally going to be like, well, why are they hiding that from us? And that will be prejudicial to Sussman. But Sussman still wants the redaction. So he didn't want them to be able to offer that up into evidence at all because of the redactions. Uh, this is so funny because this is them saying, well, if they're redacted, then people are going to assume things. Yes. <laughs> Which is exactly I, I, what we, we talked about. Yes. Yeah, we just want the transparency. Come on. So that's the Durham update of the day. That's pretty good. That's good stuff. Uh I I think we're getting closer to something, but because everybody keeps saying, when are we going to get something from Durham? And I keep saying that, too. But it feels like we're really actually going to see something and th that we will know essentially after this judge rules on on the on camera review. Yeah, he's going to have to rule very soon because the trial's coming up. Yeah, trials this month. Yes. Within a weeks, right. Yes. Oh, yes. Get, yeah. I'm all for that. Good. Yeah. So there's that. Um, that that. What else did I have? Did I? Did I? Oh, the. Hmm. Nope. That's all I got. What else? Oh, uh, oh, oh one more thing on yeah. the abortion front. I'm sorry. I couldn't sure. believe that I was reading this. Vice motherboard just made a post yesterday on Twitter. Misoprostol is relatively easy to acquire from veterinary sources since in addition to medically inducing abortions, it's also used to treat ulcers in horses. They are advocating for the use of a, quote, animal ulcer treatment to end pregnancy. Mike, does this ring a bell of hypocrisy for you in terms of their nonstop assault on ivermectin, the supposed horse paste? Hmm. 
I hope Joe Rogan is screaming about this too, because he was the guy who was viciously attacked about. Yeah, these are the people who got so mad at ivermectin. They're using horse medication. And while we're on the subject of abortion, did you know you could use horse medication? You know, the worst thing is the second tweet in the thread says, you may be reminded of ivermectin, which is used to control parasites and horses. It became a favored but ineffective, complete lie, COVID treatment among conspiracy theorists. The main difference here is that misoprostol does something other than giving you the shits. And wow. then they say, in a progressive just world, abortions would be free and safely administered by medical professionals. Free, meaning you and I should pay for them. This, this is in what, a just world, we would be allowed to kill our offspring without anybody bothering us. In a just world, uh, other people would be forced to pay for us killing our offspring. The, just the, like other people would be forced to pay for our, our master's degree in one-legged Native American lesbian folk <laughs> dancing. What about, what about the law in California that just passed, which basically says that you can, if you, if you kill a baby, you can't be tried for murder. Yeah, that that isn't that in a couple of states though. I think New York is kind of the same way. Wouldn't be surprised. Just everybody who wants to do this, just go there. Okay. Well, that's that is the ultimate answer, and we're seeing people going, moving to states based on freedoms. And if that's true, and abortion is the freedom you so desire, then you need to move to those states that have that kind of an angle. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Um, in addition to that, another thing, not really on the same vein, but the Brooklyn Public Library, Mike, has made their digital category, their digital catalog open to anyone in the country, specifically being marketed to children who want to read the books that are being removed from the library in their schools. Yeah, of course, Brooklyn. I, I'm just amazed Brooklyn still has a public library. Yeah. Hey, Joey, you been to the library? That new club? No, you idiot. It's a library. <laughs> the library. That's the Brooklyn Public Library. It's I-L-I-B-E-R-R-Y. That's it. Library for the win. Um, I think that's all I had to really delve into today, but I know you have some stuff, uh, specifically Chappelle. Yeah, uh, the Dave Chappelle attack is really kind of interesting. Dave Chappelle was actually on uh, Netflix, a live event at the Hollywood Bowl on Netflix when a man rushed up on stage and attacked David Chappelle, went after him and, and, uh, kind of a harrowing experience to watch it. Uh, the, the man was, um, completely, completely knocked down after he knocked down Chappelle. And I think he got a little bit of a beaten, but, uh, it turns out that, that, uh, other comedians were there to help out. You had, hmm. Chris Rock running up on stage, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And Chris Rock grabs the microphone and asks, what, was that Will Smith? Yep. Would you have to love that? But um, And I think Jamie Foxx was there, too, who also still thinks he's um, some kind of a superhero in some way, shape, or form. But this, um, the joke that Chappelle told after he was tackled I thought was amazing because you've just been tackled by a guy and they found out the guy had a fake gun that also had a knife blade in it, I think was the story I read. Yep. It, it may be getting changes throughout. 
And so Chappelle gets up there and Chris Rock asks the question, but she, Chappelle goes up to the front of the stage and goes, I, I was just attacked by a trans man, you know, <laughs> making a joke. And so the left has already lost its mind over this. Yep. They're already freaking out. Oh my God, he said trans man. How dare he tell that joke? How dare you? It's the whole so point. They're going to want to cancel him now, which is, is just fabulous that I'm, they're going to do this. This this is the whole point. The outrage is just not sitting with people anymore. Well, we'll call them, these folks, offendinistas. That's the uh, the official Michael Pelka written term in the Urban Dictionary. They are people who wake up every morning going, oh, what can I be so mad about today? I'll light my hair on fire. So the offendinistas, one of them tried to tackle Dave Chappelle. But what is this going to do to comedy and comedy performances? You know, this uh, do we now do these clubs, which have already had trouble hanging on during COVID? Are they going to have to hire extra security? Are we going to have to have the chain link fence that you saw in front of the band in the country bar and the Blues Brothers in front of every comedy stage to prevent people from rushing the stage? It's terrible. Uh, it, it really does bother me. It bothers me greatly. It's, it's terrible. Oh, you know, I had I had the here. Here's the moment from Chappelle when he after he'd been attacked and the cops rushed and took the guy out. Here's that. It's like 10 seconds. Dave, you with me? <laughs> it was a it was a trans man. <laughs> Chris Rock came up afterwards. So, uh, yes, he'll be canceled now. There'll be another effort. There'll be another walkout of employees at Netflix over that one line. <laughs> it's it's something. I, I, I love it. Keep it going. We're winning. We're winning. Yeah. Emerald Robinson has an interesting article today about the SCOTUS leak and all that stuff and how, like, this is the first step in taking back the culture war because just the same way the left has used judicial activism to kind of clobber the right with their stupidity for decades now, we finally started playing back. We made it a cornerstone of every single question. Are you in support of abortion or not? And blah, 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 blah. So, like, this is kind of like she's saying, our victory lap, we're playing by your rules. We've, we've packed the court with conservatives. This is the result. I don't yeah, know. Well, all of this is the result of Harry Reid, who dropped the the filibuster, the the votes needed to confirm judicial appointees. And they were warned. And I even attended the meeting. It was a Democrat meeting for the media way back when I was working for Air America. I worked for them for a year. It's a story for another day. And they had a meeting with Harry Reid. And the top tier Senate and Schumer is there. And many in the media said, aren't you worried that the pendulum is going to swing back and, and you won't be in power? This was like 2009, right after Obama got elected and they had the 60 vote supermajority. And he said, we're never going to lose power. That's yeah. never happened. And then lo and behold, it comes back and it bites you on the ass. And now you're crying about it. Shut up. Yeah, not only that, but um, they also... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. That's all right. Yeah, you're having a Joe Biden moment there. Yeah. Speaking of Joe Biden moments, I have a Joe Biden moment from yesterday. I have one more thing, too. Don't let me forget Bill Maher. I won't. Uh, well, go to Bill Maher since we're talking comedians with with uh, Dave Chappelle. That's where it came from. So this is uh, we're going to listen to a good, I don't know, two or three minutes of this, Mike. But it's worth it. 
All right. Okay, here's the host of MSNBC's Velshi airing weekend, weekend mornings. Ali Velshi is over here. Ali, great to see you. And he's the former Democratic senator from Alabama who was recently the White House nomination advisor for legislative affairs, guiding the confirmation of Katenji Brown-Jackson on the Supreme Court, Doug Jones. Okay. So, let's talk about... Twitter and free speech, shall we? And Elon Musk, you know, we're all in the media of some way. Uh, the CEO of Twitter, well, maybe not any longer, <laughs> but he was. He said, our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment. Now, let's just start with, it is a private company. Mm -hmm. They can do whatever they want. Right. Let's, let's get past that. Yep. That's a dodge answer. Yeah, what, what Musk is saying is, but it is de facto the town square, and some sheriff could, should come in and say, what good is the First Amendment if we're the place where people are really talking, they can't talk? You think that's a valid argument? Doug knows more about the, the, the legality of it. He's right. I think everybody needs to get over the fact that the First Amendment does not apply uh, to Twitter. This is not government censorship of anything. I think what we do have to worry about, what Elon Musk, who's a really great thinker and is really moving the needle on some important things in life about electric cars and about yeah. going to Mars, I think what he needs to think about is our democracy, which is struggling at the moment, relies upon an informed electorate. And that's always been a problem for us historically, but social media is not helping us become a more informed electorate. So there's a responsibility even by a private company or private actors to say, am I making a bad situation worse? And how do I get you that town square that is so valuable without wrecking society? And I think Twitter could have a serious conversation with itself about that, asking Facebook. Well, yeah. yeah. Here we go. This is what I want. You know, I'm all for the First Amendment. Yeah, Everybody, sure all are. Democrats are for the First Amendment, for goodness sakes. But Russian bots do not have a First Amendment privilege in this country or on Twitter, period, in the discussion. And that's the biggest right. problem. It's not, it's not, it's I think not we can all agree on that. arguing let's on just, Let's just at least be who you really are. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that's not really where the argument is. The argument to me is like, has Twitter failed in setting themselves up in the past as the judge of what can go out there. And I would say, yes, <clears throat> you have. You failed when you threw the New York Post off of Twitter for talking about Hunter Biden's emails. And it turned out that was a real story. Right. You failed when you said we couldn't read about whether COVID had come from a lab. You failed. Did you read about this Babylon Bee? Do you know what the Babylon Bee is? I didn't know this. No. It's like the Christian version of the onion. Because <laughs> everyone needs that. Well, some people do. I thought that They're was not Fox all news. you and me, okay? It says you're a trusted source for Christian news and satire. I didn't know there was such a thing as Christian <laughs> satire. I thought the religion itself was satire. That's me. I'm not everybody, okay? I'm not everybody. Have a little humility, right? So listen to this. They got flagged for, they posted a funny video. This is funny to them. Okay. Sensitive content, Twitter said. In the video, they were making fun of Twitter for being too sensitive. This is so he goes on to tell what the skit was about. But the fact that I'm agreeing with him 
and those two bozos are worried about disinformation and Russian bots, which they both know very damn well are truth. Uh, two things. Yes. Uh, Ali Velshi is a guy who chases the dollar no matter where it is. And it's funny because he started in my awareness of Ali Velshi at CNN, where he was a financial guy. He would do stories on on finance. And and then he jumped to Russia today to take a big paycheck. Mm. He was one of the Americans who said money. You No, uh, no. Al Jazeera. I'm sorry. He went to Al Jazeera. Even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Much worse. So Ali Velshi left CNN for big money at Al Jazeera, and then he got dumped when that thing failed miserably. And then he went to MSNBC, where he now lives, and he carries the Democrat water. But to listen to those guys get silent when Marr starts bringing up the, the truth about free speech and the truth about the Onion and the Babylon Bee and how the Babylon Bee got shut down, they get deadly quiet. Yeah, because Bill Maher is supposedly one of them. Yeah. And, and th there's more to it where that, that dude that just ushered in Katenji Brown-Jackson talks about how disinformation is so harmful to the electorate. And Maher is basically like, but who the hell are you to determine what's true and what's not and what's a Russian? Like all, they called me a Russian bot. Well, uh, Doug Jones is the guy you're yes, talking yes, about. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Jones is, um, and what he said in there is very irritating as well because he talked about an uneducated electorate. These are the people who think that they're smarter than you on every single thing and that they need to be telling you what to do and how dare you have an independent thought. And, you know, another good thing about it is that Marr didn't have any idea that the Babylon Bee was suspended from Twitter, but now because he's been, his eyes are opening every single day more and more. I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. He's looking at everything now and being like, well, wait a second. You know, I don't expect that everybody is going to agree with me all the time. And somebody who's going to laugh at this deserves to be able to laugh at it if they want to. Like he said, have some humility. Like, I'm not a Christian. I don't think Christianity is great, but other people do. Like, I don't know. I just I just found this whole segment to be very, very interesting. And I've been watching Bill Maher with a very, very kind of peaked curiosity as of late. Bill Maher knows that if he does not stand up for a diversity of thought and opinion, that he will soon be the target of the diversity, thought and opinion police. Yeah. And he will be canceled. So he is he is doing the Michael Jordan thing. Conservatives buy sneakers, too. He wants to have a discussion. He also wants to show that he believes his intellect will win the argument. But he doesn't he's not afraid of the argument. And that's what the left and the really far left is. They're afraid of the argument because the facts are not feelings. Right. And, and, and things are very po powerful to them. You'd, you'd think that, and we say this all the time, so it's like a cliche almost at this point. If our ideas were that bad, people should be able to see them because they'd be universally scorned like yeah. we're doing to yours. Yeah. If I'm that wrong, tell people. Let me show them. Let me let me come out and speak. You had the issue um, last week. There's more than twice in the last couple of weeks where uh, addresses on campuses have been shut down because people threatened violence that a different opinion would be allowed. And, and now the latest thing to shut down opinion on on the right is to 
charge people for security because if they show up, there's going to be riots. You you had that situation with the school, but you also had it recently with um, the, the trial, the play that is covering the investigation of um, uh, Kermit Gosnell, the, uh, the abortion butcher, you know, that the Gosnell story. Yeah, I do. I didn't know that there was something going on surrounding this though. Uh, this is this is a story that is so far under the radar. I cannot believe it is not front and center. Uh, two almost two weeks ago, about a week ago yesterday, a theater on Theater Row in New York City canceled the opening of a play that Phil McAleer had um, put together, and it's all based on the transcripts from the investigation and trial of Kermit Gosnell. So it's not like it's fiction. This is all actual documented transcripts from the investigation and trial of Gosnell. And they were putting it on on a theater on Broadway. And the theater said they had gotten threats of violence. So they said, we're not going to open your show. So it is getting a reading at a tinier, smaller, way off Broadway theater uh, tomorrow in New The worst thing is, like, even when I think about this, we can't even hold events of stature, like not not even any event. It doesn't really matter if you're going to pay, but we can't even have events in places. They just will not have us just because we they probably agree with us on a lot of things. They just won't have us there because they don't want to deal with the controversy in America, Mike. Yeah, it's frightening. And and I remind everybody. On uh, 828, the first large Glenn Beck event that was held on the uh, on the mall in Washington, D.C., it was cleaner when we left. Yep. Than when we got there because well, we picked up after ourselves. And just compare that. Compare what happened in D.C. on January 6th. Take the, the, the Capitol stuff out of it. There were so many people there. There was no violence. There were millions of people there. As a matter of fact, the first one I went to, there were mil- the I spoke on stage at Freedom Plaza, which is right near Trump International and by um the what's the name of that hotel? The one the it starts with the W. Okay, the W. No, it's not the W. I'll re- I can't believe I'm forgetting. It. Anyway, it's right the Willard. It's right near the Willard. And okay. And you can you can see the Capitol from there. The people were lined up all the way down, almost to the Capitol from Freedom Plaza. That's wow. how many people were there. And they tried to say there were a few thousand people there. That was absolute nonsense. You could barely move in that crowd. Not one incident other than Antifa. I would just I was just on with you, Mike, that night when Antifa had blown up the table. I got up to come do an interview with you on a show that you were doing and walked down the street. And at, right after I got up, they blew up the table. Wow. And it was the table that I was at. Speaking of which, Antifa's coming back. Did you know that? Well, now they are. Just in time for summer. Of course. And the the push to divide us again. It's not going to work. I don't think it's going to work. I really don't. It's so much different now than it was back then. Like, people are out of the Trump... De- like, people have moved... So far from that at this point, they're out of it. Biden's been president for almost two years now. He, you you know what I'm saying? Like people are like, okay, well, Biden's president now and this same crap is still happening anytime these idiots don't get their way. And not for nothing, but Trump never took away um, 
any of the rights that Biden's trying to take away. Oh, yeah. So it's not going to work. They're going to see these petulant teenagers paid by George Soros, which, by the way, I shared that email the other day. I shared it yesterday, the email where Open Society is emailing John Podesta their nominees to, to replace Scalia. Well, it's Soros is everywhere. Yep. The, the sooner people realize it and stop going, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Shut up. Go to the One World Society page for George Soros and see all of the causes he is funding. He's everywhere. It's insane. I didn't want to detract from your Biden stuff. We have we have a minute or two if you want to do that. Yeah, we should do a little Joe Biden and, and I'll tie it in. I'll bridge it with. Joe Biden in uh, in 2006, who was asked uh, when he was asked about abortion and uh, he had some things to say. Well, I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. And they ought to be able to have a common ground and consensus as to do that. So, oh, I, I sounds like uh, he's come 180 degrees. Well, on. They used to use safe and rare as their talking point so that when we did this poll, Mike. Yeah. However, many decades later that you played in the beginning, people would be like, OK, that's OK. It's safe and rare. You see what they did. They effectively utilized language to change the culture. But anyway, next clip. Uh, next clip is from um, yesterday. Joe Biden went to Alabama to. Do a, he's a wartime president now. You know, he's going to get us into World War Three if he has anything to do about it. These Democrats, they love dropping bombs on people, unlike Donald Trump. How will he like dropping bombs on uh, on ISIS? But uh, Joe Biden was speaking to the employees that are making the uh, drones and the javelins that we're paying to send over to the Ukrainians, except... Um, he has a little problem remembering who we're actually helping to arm. And just a few days ago, the Wall Street Journal quoted a young Hungarian fighter saying, and I quote, without the javelins, it would have been very hard to stop the enemy pushing ahead. And so it, the he, Hungarians he, now. Yeah, this is those crazy Hungarians that we're arming now. And that gets passed by. But, the, you know, just to make sure he misidentifies combatants on both sides, um, he also screwed up on Ukraine and Russia. Before Russia attacked, we made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons. Before Russia attacked, we made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons. This guy is, is it, it's a travesty what they're doing. It's a travesty. It's so embarrassing and so irritating. And yet here we are. And, and he's also out there saying things about about the abortion issue that absolutely contradict reality for him to say that uh, we will every other right will be at risk when the leaked document, which uh, I'm sure you've got in your possession, the leaked uh, possible um, Supreme Court. Yeah, the decision where it says it expressly is hands off gay marriage. Contraception. Is anybody against contraception in America? I, my mother would have been, you know, but some, she had not. Some, some very staunch religious folks are. But for the most part, people are not. I would say that abstinence is the best contraception. 
Well, or one aspirin. Aspirin? Yeah. Yeah. My mother used to tell my sisters, if you will hold an aspirin between your knees, you'll never get pregnant. <laughs> she was very clever. I, I just, I, I mean, I'm thankful that without, without too, too much discussion about the actual topic, my daughter is, is that is one issue she will not move on is abortion. She, she just does not get swayed by anyone. She's like, a life is a life is a life. And I think that's only because I taught her how important and sanct- like life is beautiful and amazing and a miracle. Even when it's tough. Even when it's tough. Uh, before we get out of here, talking about tough life, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, not too far away from where I am, is the subject of what the Australians would call a controversy, but what <laughs> normal speaking people would call controversy. And... Uh, it's, uh, it relates to a group of furries who have been intimidating sixth graders um, because um, they won't accept them. I don't even uh, think that after reading this, Mike, it's not even that they won't accept them. It's that they're not like glorifying them as deities. Well, see, that that's the thing. And this kind of relates to the whole trans issue that the kids don't feel special if they don't have some kind of weird identification. You know, in the case of um, those TikTok videos that show the teachers saying, you know, I'm trans and I've told my kids so they know how special it is. All children want to feel special. So they're latching onto this whole trans thing. And, and yeah, and, and this the teachers want their students to adore them because no one else does. Right. And that's a shame because most teachers that I, the best teachers I've had in my life understand that uh, the adoration comes decades later when you realize what a good teacher did for you. Mr. Bernard. Marianne Coleus. Miss Lindsley. Two of them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. And most real good teachers know that it, the payoff is decades down the road. There are no more good teachers. Now they're all purple haired freaks. Um, but anyway, the Mechanicsville story is th- this kid is being bullied by a furry. These are kids that dress up in animal costumes and pretend to be animals to the point where in some districts, not here in Mechanicsville, I don't believe they have litter boxes in the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the, one of the parents went into the bathroom here and they're in the ladies room. Right. There was a, um, a urinal because that's how mad they have become. That's how crazy they are. I have a story. These school dress districts. It's just insane. They were allowing men, boys, into the girls' bathroom in my daughter's high school. Nobody declared it. It just became policy overnight until my daughter and her, and her friend came home and told me that there were boys in her bathroom. Needless to say, there is a district-wide policy that says that you're not forced to use the boys' bathroom if you don't want to, but you can't use the girls' bathroom. You have to go to the bathroom in the nurse's office. Can't we just... It's like my buddy Charlie. I was telling him about the furry thing. And he goes, they wear tails and clip-on ears. I said, yeah. He goes, "Uh, why didn't that stop on day one? (laughs) There's most... There's dress code at schools. Yeah. All of them. Because they don't want boys ogling over girls' boobs and they don't want your skirt too short and they don't want, you know, they just want appropriate clothing in a learning environment. You want to be able to teach. 
So what, what, what's the crux of the Mechanicsville story other than what we've talked about so far? Uh, that's it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, this Allison Ship, who's the leader of Moms for Liberty, is saying it's time to get back to basic education in the schools. Teachers are hard to do math, reading, basic ed skills. We don't send our kids there for anything other than that. The, the problem, too, Mike, is that if you look at the adult furry community. Oh, God. Just if you don't know what it is, just just look it up on the engines. Look, it's okay if you're over 18 and you want to walk around in a giant costume or you want to hang out in Las Vegas at some event where other people walk up to each other and instead of saying hello, they go, meow. that's fine. But not kids. Let the kids get a basic education before you're grooming them to be stupid and dependent on government for the rest of their lives. Amen. We're taking it back. This isn't going to continue. I'm with you. You have been listening to the Dr. Light Podcast, where Tracy is right. With? I was going to say, with the uh, corrected and apologetic Mike Opelka. <laughs> Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Back again Friday. Giddy up. <laughs>